Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? to another exciting episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies 1980's Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me, as always, on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Chris, we've done it. This is it. This is the final Woo-hoo. final episode of the movie. This is not the final episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, but we have hit the final two minutes of the movie, which are just credits. This is this has been a long, long journey, Chris, and, and we, we, we did it. The only time outside of a Marvel movie that credits are exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, this is a, there is a couple things we want to mention. And, of course, for any of you that have already looked at the show notes, you know that we are not just doing the final two minutes of the movie. Uh, in this episode, we are also going to cover the infamous or, I don't know, famous, infamous, however you want to call it, Donner Cut of Superman 2. Over the course of these 26 episodes, people have been asking us here and there, like, when are you going to do the Donner Cut, or why don't you talk about the Donner Cut? Well, we are. We're going to talk about the Donner Cut, so we're going to get to all of that um, in a few moments. But first, let's let's finish off Superman 2. It opens with, uh, it's minutes 125 through basically 127. It opens with production credit for production supervisors, and it ends with, basically, the copyright notices. So that's that's where we, we start here. Um, the first credit that I wanted to mention, uh, as a, and it's a little little ways in to the to the beginning of this, is there is a credit for a guy named Harry Lang, and he is credited as astronautical consultant. Yes, I don't exactly know what that means, but it's a cool ass credit. Yeah, I mean, I saw that too, and, and I mean, later on we get a we thank the uh, NASA. Yeah, uh, NASA yeah. gets a thanks, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that has part of it. But, yeah, I had that written down as well. The the only thing – that's a cool credit. The only thing I will say is I think Harry forgot to tell him that uh, no one should be able to talk in space. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't, don't, no, don't, no, don't tell them. They, they're going to take our money. No, they, you know, we have to, they have to pay us. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I, I just love the word astro and nautical thrown together. Like, that just yeah. sounds really good. It sounds like a G.I. Joe doll, you know, like you got your astronautical set for the G.I. Joe thing or whatever. Yeah, I think it came with the big space shuttle toy that G.I. Joe put out in the late yeah, exactly. 80s. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, also, there are uh, – for dubbing editors, there are four people listed, which is not surprising considering how much ADU was in this movie. I can imagine that there was a lot of people working on dubbing for this film. Right, and it, it's funny because uh, before that, we had one dubbing editor, Ron Sharp, and then later we get four more dubbing editors, which is so weird how they – like you'll have one credit. It's the same thing with Superman the movie. You'll have a credit and then the same title like – Four or five credits later, after accountants and, you know, uh, craft services and what have you, you know, you'll have the same credit again, and it's like additional people. But, yeah, there's at least like five different 
five different uh, uh, dubbing editors in this film. So it's like, yeah, I mean, this this movie's got more ADR than a Steve Reeves Hercules movie. So, you know. <laughs> No, Messalina. Uh, yeah, and the, you're, it is true. The, the credits in these in this movie are really all over the place because, in the middle of like creator credits or like creative credits, then you get like a bunch of accountants. You know, there's like the editorial assistant, and then you get account secretary. Like, what? Okay, really? Like, you would think all the like money people would be kind of at the end or something, but instead they're kind of like mixed in, which is sort of baffling to me. It's not, I can't figure out any order uh, to this. One credit that did pop out of me a little later on is makeup by uh, Stuart Freeborn. And you would think the makeup guy would get a higher credit. I mean, makeup, that's pretty important to the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know Stuart Freeborn, this is one of these guys, man. He died at 98 years old just a couple of years ago. His credits include all the Star Wars movies, the originals. Yeah. All the Superman movies, The Omen, Santa Claus, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Bridge on the River Kwai, a great little thriller called Green for Danger, which very few people have seen but is really good, Dr. Strangelove, and Murder on the Orient Express. I mean, wow. what? A, I mean, I, I was going through his IMD film, filmography, and I was just like, this just looks like one of the great careers ever in history because this guy just worked on every important not every, but virtually every important movie in the second half of the 20th century. And he lived to be almost 100. It's just, and his IMDb photo is him with a Yoda puppet. So he just looks like a fun guy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but I mean, isn't it weird that his name is like his name is after a bunch of accountants? That it seems weird to me, like makeup and hairdressers. I, when they get higher up, they, they're, they're, like, they're, their work is literally what you're seeing on screen. That's how the Salkinds got that money. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll give you a little bit more money if you put me up higher and you know put me this at this moment in the credits above uh, this maybe. this and this. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's really baffling. Um, speaking of another really kind of important credit that I think is kind of buried is Matt artist Doug Ferris. I mean, uh, we've already talked about in in other episodes and other episodes of Film and Water about how much I love Matt paintings. Like I think mm-hmm. those people are geniuses, and so there you know there aren't as many great Matt paintings in Superman 2 as there was in, in the first one but nevertheless there were some nice ones and so uh, the fact that like maybe I guess presumably all of them were done by just one guy uh, it does say Matt Artist and Illustrator Ivor Beddoes and then Matt Artist Doug Ferris so I'm not sure exactly how that breaks down but clearly right. I just I love the the, 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 the discipline of doing uh, Matt paintings and so I love pointing those guys out because I just think they're just they were just an unsung bunch of heroes and for movies yeah, I, I wrote those down because I knew we would bring that up. One of us would bring the Matt Artist up, and I figured it would be you. But if it, it wasn't, it, it would be me. So, but yeah, the, yeah, exactly. It's a kind of a lot. Like we said, it's kind of a lost art. It's done in a different way by different people. It's not like people aren't doing pretty much the same thing, but it's right. It's just not done in the same medium in the same style. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to the cast, and there's the initial cast, and once again, Gene Hackman gets top billing over Christopher Reeve, uh, which, you know, I understood in the first film, uh, because Christopher Reeve was so unknown, and Marlon Brando was already there getting top credit at top billing anyway, but I, I don't know, does that, does it seem weird to you that Gene Hackman gets top billing in a movie that he actually technically never did anything for? <laughs> 
yeah, this production of it, yeah, it is kind of weird. And and considering what we're going to talk about in a while, there's yeah. so much lax left on the cutting room floor in this version. Yeah, of the film, it's it is odd. But I'm sure that was just a contract thing. And if yep. Marlon Marlon Brando had remained in the film, then he would have been up top too. So yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So poor Christopher Reeve has, has to wait until Superman three to get top billing. For his <laughs> and it was probably first. some back and forth whether Richard Pryor should get top billing too. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Richard Pryor was a pretty big deal. Uh, it's really weird to me that dead last in the initial group of credits is Terrence Stamp. I mean, he's only the main villain of the piece, but yet he get, he gets billing below Jack ha- Jack O'Halloran and and uh, like Clifton James is the sheriff who, of course. He's not in this movie. Well, I mean, of course he's in this movie, but he's not in it very much. Right. I think that's one of those you leave that that's that, you know, that last bit and so and so, you know. It's like so. and you know, it's like in Captain America Civil War and Robert Redford, you know. It's that's it's true, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of that that or not Civil War, uh, yeah, Winter Soldier, I'm sorry. My Winter, bad. I knew what Winter you meant, Soldier. Yeah, Winter uh yeah, but I didn't want people screaming at me. Uh but it's it's early <laughs> in the morning, guys. I know my Captain America movies, believe me. Uh but, but, but <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, it's it's like the prestige thing. He's like he's the you know, it's like, you know, he, he he's, you know, all these guys, all the big guys, all these other guys. And then, boom, here's the you know special guest star almost. You know, some movies actually say that, which I think is hilarious when a movie has a special guest right. star. It's you can't not have a, a guest star. Yeah, you it's can't not have a, guest a TV star show. Right. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> this is all one offs. Uh, by the way, did you notice in the final section of credits where it's all kind of the minor parts? Like kids, president's aide, diner owner. There's a credit for something that says Dino, and it says mm-hmm. Jackie Cooper. Yep. What, yep. What is that? I don't know who Dino. Who's Dino? I don't know it's, what that is. It's in amongst the characters that are in the uh, East East Houston Idaho uh, fight, uh, and I, I don't know. I have no idea if Jackie Cooper like walked on the set in a different, <laughs> in a hat, in a you know, in a in a. Uh, you know, ball cap looking like some, you know, redneck in East Houston, Idaho or something. I have no idea. But, yeah, there's definitely – there's something weird going on there. We need to we need to dig into that and see if we can yeah. find out what that is. Yeah. yeah, that's very, very confusing to me. Like Jackie Cooper, like, wait, that's Perry White. What's going on? Uh, and then after the immediate credits, we get – this person gets a title card all to themselves. Special thanks to Howard R. Schuster and DP Associates. And I was like, I got to look this up. Well, how does this guy rate a solo card? And he was one of the people who did financing. So there you go. <laughs> it was a, a, you know, yet another great credit for a money guy. Only in a Saul kind movie, I think, would you get the, <laughs> get this, all the accountants, all the lawyers that that strung the money together. That, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> again, it's a miracle that these, especially these first two movies were even made, you know. And, and a miracle that this one got put together the way it did, honestly. So, yeah, <laughs> it does seem it just I mean, I know that's how these things work, but it just seems funny to me that like, oh, I don't know, the guy that played Superman just gets his name buried among everybody else. But the guy that put together some money gets a title card all by himself. <laughs> wow. And of all the Schusters to thank Howard, I, I don't know, maybe maybe Jerry, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yeah, it's it's the salt kind. So, uh, and then the final credit that I wanted to mention is there's a list of the producers wish to thank the Niagara Parks Commission, the Surrey Counter Council, the Mayor's Office for the Motion Pictures and Television in New York, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Uh, at no point uh, is there any listing for Richard Donner. 
uh, who only directed, you know what, like 30% of this movie? I mean, at least, at least, I mean, I don't know. I know that they ended things in a very acrimonious way, but I, it just seems so petty, you know, to not thank Richard Donner buried somewhere in your credits. I mean, come on guys. Yeah, that that seems that seems like an oversight by what would the governing body be that would? Well, it's not the Screen Actors Guild. It would be the DGA. Uh, I believe the DGA. The DGA, the yeah, Guild, the yeah. Directors Guild of America. Yeah, it, it seems like the Directors Guild would have stepped in and say, "No, somewhere you have to have a credit for Richard Donner. You can say Richard Lester is a director. You don't have to list him as co-director, but somewhere it should say like additional footage directed by Richard Donner yeah. or something like that. I mean, as simple yeah. as that, you know, yeah. it, and that and it and that way, that's the truth out there. That there's the you know, I mean, when it's listing second unit directors and assistant directors, although Richard Donner, of course, is not in any of those things. But when you're talking about additional directors, why not put, you know, uh, additional footage directed by Richard Donner? You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's it, 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 it's really a it, it really is a slap in the face to <laughs> a very prominent, <laughs> a very prominent and great director. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's and, really, and I mean, and, and I mean, not only is 30 percent of this movie literally his. You could argue that even a bigger chunk is because a lot of it was reshot by Lester simply because they had to reshoot it right. so he could get credit. So, I mean, at, this, at the very least, Lester is taking uh, a lot of creative input from Donner because he's kind of repeating what Donner's already laid out. You right. Know? I mean, it's he's kind of going over what was already done for him, and that's a huge help as opposed to having to conceive a scene all on your own. I mean, again, I don't mean, I don't mean to keep slighting Richard Lester, especially as we're wrapping up the movie, because we both really love Superman too. But it's just it just seems so absurd that the Donner is just completely absent from this film. Right, yeah. And I mean it's it's like a com- it's like going to comic books. It's like when another artist is doing the layouts or the breakdowns or something for a penciler, it's like, you know, they usually still get credit. It'll be like Keith Giffen, you know, plot and breakdowns or something, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know what, Richard Donner should have got that breakdowns credit, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah. Um, and then actually I lied. The very, very final credit I'm going to talk about is the title card where it says, based upon the character Superman, appearing in comics and magazines, published by DC Comics Inc. Now, of course, I know that contractually, I guess, when in terms of the, the how this stuff works on a legal basis – they have to have the words comics and magazines, not mm-hmm. just comics. But I was – and this credit goes back all the way to like I think even the 40s. I mean I certainly remember this was the credit you heard at the end credits on Adventures of Superman uh-huh. uh, where they would talk about it. But it's always so funny to me that, that – DC, and I think it's on the Batman TV show as well buried in the credits. But it's always funny to me that like DC – it mentioned as comics and magazines – and of course, DC never did magazines. Like they, right. they never, they never published a Superman magazine in their life, you know. And yet, yeah, they, they that that word is always in this creator credit, no matter where. I think they're gone now. I think it's all just property or whatever. But it's so it always funny to me. I'm like, well, is there a Superman magazine I don't know about? Is there a Batman <laughs> magazine? I don't. Know? I mean, Marvel comics, yeah, you know, but not DC never did any of these. Maybe it's the treasuries. <laughs> <laughs> That would warm my heart, Chris, that they make a special <laughs> dispensation for the treasuries. That would be right, if it said uh, various sound characters appearing in DC Comics Magazine and Treasury Editions, Rob, <laughs> we'd like, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> validated, yes. Oh, I'd be, be so excited. So, and then dot, 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 and digests. Right, all the formats, yeah. And who's who and all that. Okay, all right, we're, this is getting too long. So, okay. 
So uh, that's pretty much it. The film wraps up. They said there's a title card distributed by Warner Brothers, uh, and that's pretty much the end of our movie. So, wow, we did it. We're we're at the end of Superman two. Yep, we're here. We're the we're it's yeah. There's but the, oddly enough, we have another version of Superman two to talk about. <laughs> and now we have a whole other movie to discuss. So yeah, we're 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 wrapped up Superman two uh, proper, and so now we are going to take a uh, a small break. We're going to run some podcast promos, and when we come back, Chris and I are going to talk about the very famous alternate Earth edition of Superman two, known as <laughs> Superman two: The Donner Cut. Stay tuned. My name is Bob Fisher, and I'm the host of the Superman Forever radio podcast. On the Superman Forever radio podcast, I talk about Superman from 1938 to present day. And in 2018, we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the Man of Steel's first appearance in Action Comics with a full year of new episodes, more episodes, plus new features like The Adventures of Superman When He Was a Boy. Superboy is coming to the Superman Forever radio podcast. Also, the Superman Forever Roundtable Discussion Group, where I gather together some of the best Superman podcasters around, and we talk Superman. So if you want to know why I've been a Superman fan for over 60 years, point your favorite podcatcher to the Superman Forever radio podcast at supermanforever.com. Have you ever read uh, a Superman comic? Not in the last few hours. Oh, I was just checking, right? Just checking. Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Bailey, and I have been a fan of Superman for as long as I can remember. In 1987, I started collecting the Superman comics as a going concern, which led me down a long and winding comic book-filled path to 2007, when I first started podcasting. Well, it's 2017. And because it's been 10 years since I started podcasting, and 30 years since I started reading Superman full-time, I thought it might be fun to start a new show called It All Comes Back to Superman. It All Comes Back to Superman will be my monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith, where I will pick out something about the Man of Steel and discuss it. Sometimes I'll be alone. Sometimes I'll have a guest. No matter how many people get involved, Superman will be the focus. It all comes back to Superman as part of the Fortress of Bailey Tube podcasting network. New episodes will drop on the 28th of every month. This show and all of the other programs that are part of the Fortress of Bailey Tube podcasting network can be found at www.fortressofbaileytude.com. And we're back, and as promised, Chris and I are here to talk about Superman 2, the Donner Cut. Uh, Chris, I mean, this is really unique in all of film history that there – I mean, not totally unique. There are a couple other examples of this, but for the most part, this is this is pretty, pretty you know, un, uncharted territory where you have a completely alternate version of a movie that already exists. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the, you know, this is release the Snyder Cut. This is the original version, right? Release the Donner Cut, yeah. Yeah, release the Donner Cut. I mean, because there were whispers and rumors of, of, you know, I remember reading in some magazine, you know, that there's this scene where Lois throws herself out of the Daily Planet building to prove that Clark is Superman. And it's, it's, it was filmed, you know, and it's, and then you see the stills of Lois. Uh, Margot Kidder next to the fruit stand that she drops yep. in and you're like oh my god that is real it's like why don't they put this out you mm-hmm. know and, and I mean you just kept hearing and I kept hearing more and more about it there's scenes with where Marlon Brando and Christopher Reeve are on the set together they're yep. actually interacting and you're like oh my god this is like mythical you know uh, <laughs> this version of this film that exists I mean it's like the the missing scene in King Kong you know or something yeah right know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah but it actually it actually came out, which is what's so crazy. <laughs> and, and that's really due to the efforts of basically one guy. There's an, uh, a film editor named Michael Thau, I believe, who really was – I mean he was a – he worked in the industry and he was a huge Superman fan and a huge Donner fan as, of course – uh, so are Chris and I, uh, <laughs> and right. um, and you know he really was the guy that championed this and pushed forward and and sort of had the, I guess the creative wherewithal to kind of put it together and get it done and then yeah as Chris said it got got released on DVD in 2006 I mean not only did it get released it got released with a separate commentary track by Donner and Tom Mankiewicz which was amazing like they got back together to talk about this movie and the Donner cut it opens uh, with a dedication to Christopher Reeve which is a great way to open it because, uh, you know, of course, in the intermediate time, Christopher Reeve had passed away, and it, it's only appropriate that, that yeah, we're going to go back and, and re- everyone's going to get to recall like, just how great this guy was in the role. I mean, we've been, we've been going on and on about how great Christopher Reeve uh, was uh, throughout these uh, 25, 26 episodes, but it's, you know, like the, the, the fact that there was still uh, the desire to see this cut a good – 20, 30 years after the film had come out, it really says a lot about that people just wanted to almost kind of, it's like, I just want to see every ounce of footage of Superman played by Christopher Reeve as I can get. If it's there, I want to see it because this was so special. Right, exactly. And I mean, that's that's the great gift of the Donner cut is it does, it. you know, it, we'll get into the limitations of it and stuff, but the, 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 the super, po- super positive, the super positive <laughs> thing about it to say is that it does it gives you you step back into that that world that version of superman you see these characters in those roles and you get a huge chunk of christopher reeve as superman that you never thought you'd ever get to see yeah that is very nice so um it opens up and right from the very beginning it's, you can see that there is a you know there's a big difference the opening is different um the shots are a little bit different the whole the, and in, and instead of um in superman 2 where we get the the, the the scenes of the, the the Phantom Zone villains breaking in, and then they get basically uh, condemned by the Krypton Council. Here we get them. It's basically a repeat of the scene from the first film of its Marlon Brando, uh, you know, Jor-El condemning them. And there are little slight alterations here and there, like the the shot of um, when Zod does the, uh, you know, you will bow down before me, both one one day you and your heirs. In Superman, it's a really great close-up of his mouth, and you can almost mm. see him, like, spitting. He's so mad. But here that shot has changed, and this will be the this will be the beginning of what I think are, there are some unfortunately not as great alterations uh, in this version because, of course, Donner was very limited kind of by what he had. But there were some choices here that I wish kind of they hadn't made. Like, I, I liked this original scene, the way it played in Superman the movie, and these slight alterations in, in the Donner cut to me just don't work quite as well. 
Yeah, there's there's things like that. There's, I mean, although you can't understand these saying airs a little bit better from that angle, <laughs> and not and not ass. <laughs> Just it's not as it's not as powerful though. Uh, but yeah, the, the different angles, and then when the rockets fired, we hear different dialogue from Brando. He yes. mentions the blankets. He mentions yes. the yes. red, red, blue, and yellow blankets, which I thought was, you know, it's like, which I understand why they cut that out. But obviously, they're just mixing in different dialogue that Brando recorded that they didn't use, and and there's a different shot of of. Uh, of baby Superman coming out of the rocket. I mean, yes. it's it's like, whoa. I mean, it, 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 for a minute there, I'm like, okay, is this something they filmed new for this? It's like, no, that's the same That's the same kid. That's the same actor, little actor, you know, with no pants on uh, <laughs> coming out of the rocket. So, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's it's really, it, like you said before the break, it is like, this is like the Earth 2 version of Superman 2 in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's like, the the changes are not just giant chunks of scenes. They're little nips and tucks. You, you could use a nip, nip and tuck here and there yourself, sister. There's little nips yeah. and tucks that you wouldn't expect necessarily. I mean, you said it's it's funny that Donner, like the the, the 2005 Richard Donner, has gone back and re-edited the work of 1977 Richard Donner because right. he, he's he's changing scenes that he himself directed. So it's not like he's making alterations to Richard Lester's work. He's making alterations to his own work. Um, the one detail in the opening sequence that I actually kind of like that I wish they had retained is that you see that the Phantom Zone uh, crystal or whatever you want to call it gets bumped by the explosion of Krypton. Like, mm-hmm. And I kind of like that I, because, of course, you, I mean you got to go with it in these movies. But it's like what are the odds that the Phantom Zone crystal would happen to be in the exact same quadrant of – Oh, not quadrant. You can't have a quadrant of space because that's a quarter of something. Um, but what, what would be the odds that the Phantom Zone crystal would be right near Earth when the nuclear explosion goes off? Like, I mean, it looks right. like, yeah, come on. So I like the idea that, okay, yeah, this thing was there. And then it, it kind of got bumped onto the same trajectory, for lack of a better term, that caused Kal-El's rocket to go where it did, kind of. Which I, I like that. I think that's a nice little addition. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the Smallville version of, uh, you know, they really showed that the space warp that was created sucked in all the the kryptonite, the, the exploded yes. pieces of krypton with it, which explained why there was so much kryptonite. Of course, that whole show's first few seasons was based on an episode of kryptonite. I mean, I mean a piece of kryptonite per episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's a, kind of the same thing. Yeah, I, I did like that. I, I like that bit. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned. I mean, the big. I mean, after the the montage we get from the first film, uh, the one bit that I. Oh boy, um, th- we see the villains get freed. Uh, they get freed out, and it's not because of the nuclear explosion due to the uh, the uh, the bomb in Paris, because that whole scene is cut because that was all Richard Le- Richard Lester. We before the credits, we get a shot of Terrence Zod, uh, Terrence Zod, <laughs> Stamp as Zod going free, which is I think almost unforgivably cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah, it's it's a little. Yeah, and I think partially too because it's you know because we we are it might have worked played a little better if we hadn't seen the previous version you know but yeah the, so yeah they're freed by Superman by the the missile that was headed for Hackensack that Superman pushed yep. into space here we see that it explodes and of co- and of course you know the effect of them you know I guess the 
the three Phantom Zone villains, the actors were did the wire work for this scene and stuff, but the you can kind of tell that the background of space and stuff doesn't look quite like the space of no, 1978 no. slash 80. And, and so we're going to get some jarring modern effects. And I think, you know, I, I don't know. And I haven't, I didn't get a chance to re listen to the uh, audio commentary, but I think a lot of this was more, um, I, I mean, I know Donner was involved, but I think Michael Thow actually, had a, a pretty big hand in how this was put together too. And I mean, all props to him for doing it, but I think there was some limitation of what they could, you know, there probably was a budget limitation of what they could do to, yep. uh, you know, meld the, the material. They could use the material that was there, but as far as p putting in new material to kind of paste it together, that's, that's where the, the seams start to show in addition to a few other things. So, yep. but, yeah. but things like that kind of jump out at you. Like the, the, the shot of the nuclear missile flying through space looks a little, looks a little ropey too, yep. you know, yep. things, yep. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit on the unfortunate side. So uh, after we get the, the credits and we have a, a new opening scene, like I said, all the stuff in Paris is taken out because that's all Richard Lester. So now we get this opening scene where Lois uh, starts getting the idea that maybe Clark is Superman and she springs a trap on him, and it's the scene that you just mentioned, Chris, where uh, to test Clark, she jumps out the window. And, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about it. We haven't talked about it uh, beforehand. I think this is a scene that would work in an, an issue of Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. But uh -huh. when you see live actors do it, I think it makes Lois look insane. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's one thing to jump. I mean, she jumped into Niagara Falls. Okay. That's, that's pretty bad, but she is, she was jumping into a body of water from not that big of a height here. Yeah. She is literally jumping from a skyscraper. Yeah. Um, I, I love the fact that we get more, we get more Jackie Cooper. We yep. get more yep. Mark McClure in addition to more Kidder and more Reeve. Of course, I love all that, but yeah, this makes Lois look kind of bad and honestly makes Clark Superman look a little cruel too that he would that he would humiliate her he would save her but he would humiliate her and it's to such an extent just to protect his secret identity you know it's like you know which I mean Superman in the comics has done in the past but like you said and with live actors it it really it, it comes across Lois is nuts and it's super dickery from Superman yeah you know yeah I mean because he he runs down at super speed and he. He pops open the uh, the awning with his heat vision, which nobody notices these red laser beams shooting out of this guy's <laughs> eyes. And then and then he blows, which somebody does kind of like turn around and look at him when the when when he's blowing the awning out and or blowing Lois up in the air as she falls. He's like giving her a cushion of air with the super breath so she'll fall slower. And nobody notices this. Like this woman is suddenly falling, you know, less than gravity, you know, less than the speed of gravity would, would pull on her. And it's, it, it's just, it's one of those things that sounds great, like on paper. And like you said, would work perfect in a, in an old Kurt Schaffenberger, yep, drawn Lois yep, comic. Yep. but in, in live action, it's like if they did the scene we talked about in the Superman treasury, where Lois literally fires a machine gun at Clark. You know, right. although we will get a scene like that before too long, That's but not true. quite as violent as, you know, a Tommy gun in the Daily Planet office, you know, uh, that would have made Lois look. I mean, Lois would be arrested, you know, yeah. <laughs> she would be in jail, you know. So, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's great to have it. But, yeah, it's ultimately the scene used actually works better. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, it, the, the footage of her just 
just falling is just oh my god, you know. So yeah, it's Superman it, four level. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It really is. <laughs> and and you know, I mean, it's sort of funny because you and I, um, you and I worship at the altar of Richard Donner, our good friend, Dick Donner, uh, and, and Tom Mankiewicz and good Lord. I I love those guys. And so I feel a little weird about even criticizing some of their, cause you know, some of their stuff, cause I love it so much, but this is them, you know, this isn't Richard Lester. This isn't, you know, somebody else, this is them. And, and, you know, all credit to them. They knew probably that this probably should have come out. Like, I mean, they kind of like, they, Obviously, this thing—if they thought the scene was that good, they would have left it in the original film. But they did the first film, but they didn't. So, I mean, they were good editors of their own material. But it, you just look at this and say, "Yeah, the, this just doesn't work." It just to me, it just—it's—it's it's one of the few times that Tom Mankiewicz's, I'd say, fealty to the original tone of the Superman comics just fails him a little because it's—it just—it just pushes it a little too far. Yeah, and and the one thing that really gets me is is that it's so not Christopher Reeve at the window saying Lois, what were you thinking, or what are you doing, or whatever he says to her. It's 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 not his voice. It it doesn't even look like Christopher Reeve. No, no. Uh, it's 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 a it's a body, and we're in Hackman territory with a body double. Which I mean, obviously they didn't get Christopher Reeve to shoot that scene. I mean, they did get the next scene where it's like the guy comes to the window and or comes to the office and is like, "Hey, have you seen Lois?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, she just uh, she just stepped out," uh, which. <laughs> was actually kind of funny, but in a way it's like not considering that she literally almost just killed herself, you know, but, uh, when I I see this scene again, it reminds me of that old plop cartoon where Lois jumps out the window and Superman catches her and she's like, Hey, I, I did this to test you. Uh, I, now I know you're Superman. And then they cut back to Clark back at the daily planet. And somebody's like, Hey Clark, where's Lois? And he says, Oh, Lois, she fell out the window. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. So, right. By the way, there is a slightly dirty joke in the scene where uh, Clark shoots out of Perry's office and he does it at super speed, which causes you know a big wind draft across the office. The young woman uh, who is a Daily Planet staffer, who we see in the first film, in the scene where um, you know Perry is saying, you know, does he have a girlfriend? That whole scene. Uh, we don't. I don't know this actress's name, but we see her dress blow up. And we see like mm-hmm. her her underwear, and she does like a whole Marilyn Monroe thing. So it's a it goes by very quickly, but it's just but she's right in center frame. So it's a slightly uh, kind of dirty joke on the behalf of uh, <laughs> Richard Donner. Well, it's somebody must have really liked her either that character or that actress because that's the one that she's like right chief, and she kind of yep. looks at chief, yep. and, and he kind of gives her a little like oh, you know a little yep. wink or something, kind of like yep. oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I think on the commentary they even joke about where. Where Donner says, uh, didn't you try to make her Mrs. Mankiewicz? And Tom Tom Mankiewicz is like, I tried or something like that. Oh, that explains it. They were sweet (laughs) on her. So uh, next up we get the scene in in, uh, Lex with with, uh, Otis in the prison. And the big change to me, of course, in my mind, there's some extra footage here. But the big change is the, the, the joke about the Liberace record. Uh, instead of saying there's a scratch on it, that that guy says tonight, and so he yeah. changed, so we I mean that's a that's a joke that Richard Donner, I'm um, excuse me, Richard Lester, clearly went in and changed because you can see the guy that answers uh, Lex in that scene looks like he's actually talking, and then in the yeah. finished film we could, you could tell that it's eighty yard in, so Lester obviously thought you know I got, no I want to redo that joke. Yeah, and and I think there's a little bit of a we talked about that the little the connotation of the fact that 
you know, this is 1980. Two guys in prison are listening to Liberace records. It's it's a it's a it's a little underhanded gay joke, I think. And the guy, the way the guy answers is stereotypically, you know, Paul Lynn gay in a way because he's like tonight, mm. you know, like that. So it's like it's I think it's a little. They were going into that now, unfortunately, uncomfortable territory mm. of being the over top, the over the top stereotypical gay character there so uh yeah i could i kind of like the scratch it's got a scratch on it bit the better you know <laughs> than, yeah. than that so yeah, yeah. And, and we do get the line remember when we were talking about this i said there was some version where you know lex is looking at the underwear and he says like so-and-so's a bedwetter and it's like now we know it's slasher slasher fogelstein is a bedwetter right. past and 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 then otis goes to the across the clothes that are hanging it's like slasher fogelstein's a bedwetter pass it on and then <laughs> Slasher Fogelstein shuts the locker and oh hi Mr. Fogelstein yep, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, and then we have later there's a brief uh, interlude where Clark and Lois go to Niagara Falls and then there's an extended sequence with Luthor and uh, Valor and Miss Tessmacher who gets much more more to do in the Donner cut oh she yeah gets way more to do uh, when they go into the Fortress of Solitude and unfortunately this is something else where there is a lot of bathroom humor. There's just a lot of stuff about bathrooms, which just does not make me laugh. And in fact, even after all of the, the big stuff where Lex learns about uh, Krypton and all this stuff, the, the whole scene is punctuated by the sound of a flushing toilet. And right. I just, I, I, I'm just like, uh, you know, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this. There, there's some great moments back and forth with them, and then actually, there's you get. Unfortunately, I mean, well, I mean, it's just the characters, but you do, you do get more of the idea that that Lex, they're in an abusive relationship because yeah. he even like kind of raises his fist at her a couple times, like this is what you're going to get, you know, type thing, which is awful, of course. But I mean, these people are, these people are, these are bad people. Even even Miss Tessmacher obviously is. You know, not a not a good person, really. I mean, she might have good qualities. She obviously saved Superman to go save her mother, uh, but but you know, uh, but yeah. So we we learn a little bit more about them in this version. I do think it's funny that uh, you know the snowmobile uh, that they have like actually pops out a raft so they can go across the water mm-hmm. at the fortress. And again, we saw the hologram projector, which by the way does not make the little winking sound and the sound like that. That was. Whoever, Thou or Don or whoever decided to take those, not have those sound effects in. And there's I, uh, there's a lack of a lot of sound effects in this that we'll yep, get to. Yep, but, yep. Uh, but uh, there is the little so Lex, sound effect when uh, when they have like the hologram, that, that right. great little whoop sound. Like that's not in this, unfortunately. Right. And so you've got the hologram projector. You've got a snowmobile that pops out a raft. Again, Lex, patents. Forget land. Yep, yep. Patent stuff. Yep. And you'll be rich beyond imagining and you can quit trying to kill millions of people okay <laughs> so <laughs> but the, the, of course the real thing here is when we actually get new footage of marlon brando completely yeah. new footage of marlon brando and and you know as he's talking to who he thinks is kal in the uh, in the fortress and i will say that it's like and I guess this was in the first movie too. They they keep changing how he appears. Like sometimes he's this huge head that just that's just floating, like taking <laughs> up the entirety of the fortress. And other times he's like a smaller figure. And and uh, we do get the recap with the Phantom Zone villains and and all that. And we do find out that Eve thinks Zod is cute. So I thought, yes, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, she likes bad boys. We know that, you know. So. Right, right. <laughs> so there's the that whole sequence, and then uh, the biggest, I would say, the like the one of the most noticeable changes, obviously, is the scene back in the Niagara Falls. I mean, the hotel, all that stuff with the bearskin rug, all that stuff is cut out. All the pink, that's all cut out, and in favor of a scene that was taken from the screen tests. Uh, where Lois tries to prove to tries to uh, you know talk to Clark and then do the whole trick where she, re- she fires the gun at him and whatever and of course the the big thing you notice about this is the actors look very very different. Margot Kidder looks very different and Christopher Reeve looks like a beanpole in a lot of ways. He's skinny. He doesn't have all the muscles. So I, you know this this is we're going to get to this when we get to kind of the conclusion of this. But this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, they had to use this because they literally had nothing else. Uh, Christopher Reeve is no longer with us and Margot Kidder is not obviously 30 years older, but this to me, the addition of this scene sort of reveals the trick that this kind of really isn't a movie. This is like a DVD extra. It's because it, it really doesn't hold together as a finished film because this is so noticeable. We're all of a sudden like, wait a minute, what what, what happened to the actors? They look so different. Right. I mean, if you if you pay attention, it's like you know you get Christopher Reeve. Uh, he's in the scene with with Margot, uh, and he looks a little. His hair looks a little more like he he looks like uh, uh, you know Gap Clark Kent. You know, with his hair, it's mm-hmm. it's like modern seventies hair. Uh, not not in a Superman curl, but it's it's not slick back Clark Kent when he's on camera with Margot, and you have to assume that that's part of Margot's screen test. And then the other shots of him where he's just on camera by himself, that's where he's the beanpole, yep. and his hair's like just plastered down, yep. even more nerdy than normal. He looks like uh, he looks like uh, Marty McFly's dad. Yes, he does. He does. He looks like Crispin Glover. Crispin yes. Glover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's he does. He, do, he does in a lot of ways with a pair of horn rimmed glasses on, and and he. Uh, it's hard to tell who's he. He might not even be. He's probably not even acting with Margot Kidder, at right? That point, yeah, because it's he's acting with some other person. He's just reading lines. It might have been Lynn Stallmaster for all we know, reading lines to him or something. Could as be. Lois, you know, Could be. Uh, very very possibly because we've seen those where you know we've seen the screen test where he's with Stockard Channing, where he's with uh, Leslie Ann uh, Warren. Warren of all people, and and uh, um, oh, what's uh, Ann Archer? Ann and Archer, like, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and and uh, oh, Ann Archer. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so yeah, I mean it's. Um, it's it's really it could have been any of those and it's great to, it's great that it exists but it yeah it's this is this is where like you said this is where it's like okay you didn't well I, honestly I mean I was going to get this to the end but we might as well mention it now this scene alone it, it doesn't it doesn't work with the rest of the movie because Lois entraps Clark into revealing his identity she's been trying to do that through both versions of the Donner Cut. But here she actually succeeds. She tricks Clark. She pulls a gun on him. She fires, and he stands up straight. And he's like, you know, if that had been her, you know, you, you, if I wasn't Superman, you could have killed Clark Kent with a blank, you know. And, and you know, and he looks pissed. So why in the, <laughs> why in the next scene are they all happily flying to the fortress together? Yeah. To me, that would to, – to me, that would – I can't see that jump. There's no confession of – a love between them like there was after he fell into the fireplace. Right, right, right. You know, there's no, did I mean to do that? That I mean, you know, I got to give points to the Lester version is the better version of the scene. It, it, it you know, it, it doesn't make Lois look like a total 
like she's just out for a story like she appears to be. I mean, she in the moment realizes, wow, you know, now that I know who he is, I realize how much this is, you know, how much he worked to, to keep this a secret. And now she feels for him here. She's delighted that she has entrapped Superman, basically, you know, and, and that's not very, I mean, Lois isn't looking too good <laughs> in the Donner cuts, unfortunately. Again, it's very Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, you know, if right. you, as drawn by Kurt Schaffenberger, that would work. Right. But when you have live actors doing it, it just looks strange. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we move on and it's basically most of the scenes are the same with some slight nips and tucks here and there with some dialogue changes here and there. Uh, and then later on, we, you know, Superman and Lois go back to the fortress and they have sex as we've already talked about with the uh, satin sheets. Uh, but then comes what I think is probably the best addition, um, in terms of the Donner cut to the, to, to over the final uh, movie is that we get the return of Jor-El and, and as the floating head. And there's an extended sequence explaining why Superman can't just be with a human woman. And I actually think – I wish some of – I mean I know they had to take it out because it was Marlon Brando, although they could have maybe gotten Susanna York to do it. But I, I like that in the Donner Cut they get more explicit as to why he has to do all this. If he wants to be with Lois in the final film, it seems kind of arbitrary. You're like, well, why does he have to give up his powers to just be with Lois? But here there's much more of an explanation. And I like that. Yeah. I will say though, it's really odd that they show them in bed together before this scene. It's like, and I, I couldn't believe it when I was watching it. I'm like, wait a minute. They're, they're in bed together. He's still, he's still got superpowers. It's like, Oh, here we go. Man of clean you know, man of steel, woman of clean <laughs> And, and I'm thinking, you know, well, wait a minute. Did I did, did the DVD skip? And then they show him arguing with Jarrell yeah. about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this. So I'm, I don't know if originally, in the original original version of of Donner's Superman two, they would have showed those in that sequence. But here they do. And then even though the explanation is better as far as you know, Jarrell saying, well, you know, you have to be completely committed to being available to save save these people whenever they need it. And, you know, Clark's arguing, well, haven't I done enough? You know, it's like, you know, I think it's like Captain Kirk in Star Trek said, we've done our bit for king and country. You know, that's <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it, it's what it makes me think of. But, you know, it's like, sorry, uh, sorry, Chris. Um, you know, Shatner's been doing shit for 25 years by this point. You've been doing it for two. So calm yeah, down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so <laughs> but but anyway, but but it so if they've already done the super deed. Then why did they even have to? Why did he even have to go to Jorel to begin with? Yeah. Why not? Why not just? You know. I, I mean, in a way, it explains it better. But in another way, if they, they showed him, it didn't kill her. Okay. It didn't. Just to be blunt, it didn't kill her. You know, she survived super sex. So, you know, I'm sorry to be this blunt about it, but this is what we got to talk about. And and so. Why do they even need to even mention it to Jor-El that, you yeah. know, it's like, hey, hey, dad, we just kind of did something that I'm not sure we should have done. Uh, you know, uh, is it OK? You know, it's like I don't I don't think most even teenage, you know, teenage and young adults go to their parents with questions like this. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I uh, uh, I was going to. OK, I, I, I desperately want you to do this with your children, Chris. I want you to. <laughs> I want you to be the disembodied head explaining to your children why they have to live their lives with their significant others. I just that's what I want you to do.
If you're going to do it, you have to live a life of celibacy or something. You know? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, so I'm uh, sorry. I don't mean to bring, drag your four children into this thing. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I do, I do just like that it's, it's at least a little more explained. Um, yeah. You know, you're right. In terms of the structure, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I, I do like that it's, it's just not quite as vague. So that's, I like that part of it. Um, yeah. And then later we're going with the Phantom Zone villains attack the White House. And there's a great moment here that's not in the super, in the finished film where a guy, a, a soldier, breaks in through a window with a machine gun and starts firing. And Zod grabs the gun, flips the guy out. And then Zod grabs the machine gun and kind of looks at it like, oh, how does this work? And then starts firing it. And he's smiling when he's firing it. And he looks like a kid with a toy. And it's really mean because he's just like, <laughs> look at this. Bah, 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 bah. And you know he's just mowing down, guys. I love that little moment. He just looks utterly delighted. He looks like a villain from like an, you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Terrence Stamp and Commando all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I really like that. And then of course that's also the other scene where uh, Ursa uh, kicks a guy right in the right in the head. He bows down to her, and then she waits for a second and then kicks him right in the head again. It's another little piece of viciousness that I wish they had left in because I like how savage they get with the the Earthlings. Yeah, yeah. That 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 the whole that whole part's great. Yeah, I. I mean, all that added stuff there. I mean, it's like I don't know why they cut any of that out, honestly, yeah. in the in the in the Lester cut of the movie because it was all. I mean, I, they probably reshot a few things here and there. Uh, Lester did, but almost all that was Donner anyway. So why not yeah. just leave it in? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Clark and Lois driving uh, to the uh, the diner, and it's kind of curious because when there's a longer scene of them, it's slightly longer. I think a little bit of them talking about where she's like, "I can't believe what you gave up for me," and all this. And it's it it's a little funny. It's one of those movie tropes where you're like clearly these people would have discussed this before here because they've been driving for several hours. You know, why are they only discussing it to this point? But okay, whatever. Uh, and then they get to the diner. And in this scene is that moment that I talked about in the episode when we got to it, where it features the extra line where Lois orders and then the waitress asks Clark what he wants. And Clark says, um, I'll, I'll decide in a minute. And then in this version, you hear the waitress say, uh, that's one cheeseburger. So she orders for him. Right. In the finished film, she doesn't do that. But in this version, that's, so that's the scene I was thinking of. So right. I, I think they must have shown that on television because I was more familiar with the scene than just from the Donner Cup. But at least I, I, I'm happy to know I'm not crazy because there's the line where the waitress basically orders for Clark. Yeah. It, you know, another thing I noticed in this, and of course the rest of the scene plays out pretty much as we saw it in yeah. the – in the uh, the Lester cut, because this was all filmed by Donner. But I, I meant to bring this up. It was in my notes, and I didn't get around to it. There's a sign on the window in the diner. It's, 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 you especially see it when, like, Lois is on Rocky's back. It says, get us, and U.S. is big, like, get U.S. out of the United Nations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's, so it's like, so wait, are we not in Canada? Maybe we're not in Canada. Where are we at? Are we in Alaska? Where where are we at? It's this diner now. Now I'm like confused because it says it is Alaska. Yeah, yeah, it might be Alaska. So yeah, but I, I just thought that was weird, which is weird sentiment anyway. But it's like you know, it's like I'm sure it's just like trying to say that you know some of these people are a little you know. They're, they're not. These aren't the. These aren't uh, Lois and Clark's people here. You no, know, basically. No, a, no, I mean that's a very uh, that's a very kind of conservative 
political sentiment and Alaska tends to be a red state. So maybe, yeah, maybe we are, we've always assumed this is Canada, but maybe that's not right. Maybe this is in fact Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I noticed it the first time and I, we got to, we talked about the fight in Rocky so much that I, I, it just slipped out of, uh, you know, I realized after we recorded, it's like, Oh, I never mentioned that, but here was my chance. So there it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've never, never noticed that. Jeez. Even after examining this movie on a molecular level. So then uh, after there's the whole big sequence, where you know, Lex shows up at the White House, and that that scene is basically the same. And then we go back. Clark goes back to the what? Back to uh, the Fortress of Solitude to get his powers back. And boy, howdy, Jor-El really rubs it in. Oh, yeah. This whole scene where Jor-El's is like, "I told you, I," yeah. you know, like really. I mean, it's sort of funny how much footage. Marlon Brando shot. It's kind of amazing to think that you would even think for a moment to cut this much of Marlon Brando out of a movie. I mean, he did way more than you would have ever guessed. Right. I mean, especially considering how much they paid him back in yeah. 1978 money. And, it, you know, we didn't mention this before uh, when we now that we're back to Jor-El, I'll bring it up. But I, there's a couple little things when when Clark loses his powers or gives up his powers. Because one, it explains where the Gap outfit came from. Yes. Because that—that's his tux shirt and pants yep. that he had on. Yep. Yep. He changed the Superman to get there, and then changed back to normal clothes after the super deed, apparently. And <laughs> Lois has on his Superman shirt. I noticed which, that. Which is like I, I remember seeing like Saucy. publicity still. Yeah, I remember seeing publicity publicity stills of Margot Kidder in the shirt. And thinking before this came out, thinking, oh, that must have been a publicity thing. No, that was intended to be in the movie. And it kind of, you know, presages the uh, Terry Hatcher holding uh, Superman's cape in the early Lois and Clark promotional images. Of course, the 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 idea there was she was naked underneath mm-hmm. <laughs> underneath the cape. But uh, Margot's got a pair of sock like tube socks on, which I think is funny uh, in the fortress. She's got a pair of tube socks and Superman's shirt, and we don't and like no pants, uh, which you know it's like ah oh, okay. Uh, but uh, but man, Jor-El gives her the stink eye. I mean, he <laughs> it shows him look up at her, and she even backs up. She's like on a ledge in the fortress. She's like oh god, you know as as, as she's backing away. And I mean, he gives her the oh. I mean, I think. She's going to wake up with a horse head in her bed. I'm pretty sure I'm, <laughs> I'm crossing streams here, but I, yeah. <laughs> we've already crossed it over to the James Bond film. So why not the Godfather films too? You know, it's all one big universe. Well, Joriel is very God. He's very, he's well, he's just very God here is what he is. I mean, he's just, and he's basically, you know, I, I have to say just the interaction between him and Chris. I mean, these scenes honestly are, are worth, are worth the Donner cut. Yep. I, I, I yep. mean, I really, yep. I really do feel like it feels like there's much more of a sacrifice. I mean, basically, Jor-El tells him, look, you know, I'm going to die. You know, he tells him, you know, I died once for you. I'm going to die again for you because you screwed up. Oh. And and uh, and and that's the end of that's the end of the fortress, really, as you know, that's the end of Jor-El, the A.I. That's he dies again to and he literally him literally walking out of the big head image and like putting his hand on Christopher Reeve and then all that, you know, Christopher Reeve does a great job of convulsing as the energy surges. So that is freaking awesome. I'm sorry. That's, that's, I think that is, I mean, that is so much better that, I mean, we didn't see what happened in the, in the Lester cut, but it's like, Oh God, if they just hadn't had the falling out with, with Brando and, and they had could have used all this, it would have made it, you know, used other components of the, well, we'll get to that later, but, but yeah, if they could have used this scene in it, it would have, it would have had that much more meaning because it's just too easy in the in the Lester cut that he comes back, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
so they get that whole sequence, and then of course he gets his powers back, and then we get back to the big scene of uh, you know probably the most famous scene in the in the movie, certainly of. Uh, well, absolutely the most famous scene in the movie. Certainly one of the most famous scenes in all of superhero movies. And unfortunately, it's not the scene. Um, no. I I remember buying this DVD the day it came out. I was working at Borders, and we got it. And I I drove home. So I, I worked I worked like seven to two in those days. So I drove home, and I was so excited because I was like, I finally get to watch this. And we get to that moment, and instead of Superman saying. Uh, would you like to step outside? He says, haven't you ever heard of freedom of the press? And it, it's just it, – there's, there's no comparison. This is not as good. It just isn't. <laughs> no, I don't even think it's Christopher Reeve saying general. I, no, it sounds like somebody no. else because yeah. like, off, he's off camera. It's like could they not have used the general from the Lester cut? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's totally not the badass – you know, I'm calling you outside yeah. uh, line. It's, it's just a, it's a little quip. Uh, you can more clearly see that Superman is standing on the flagpole, though. That's, that yes. is one. Yep. That yep. Is, that is one thing. But yeah, it's yeah, it it, it it just it doesn't sell it. I mean, there's some fun stuff leading up to this, like uh, you know they think Jimmy's the son of Jor-El at first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mark McClure gets a lot more to do in in this version, which is nice. But yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it is not it is not that moment. The moment of Superman two is gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I remembered as I watched the film. I was sort of like, um, you know, could we, you know, like I was. I was. I was trying to be like, you know, could this version be the version that I watch from now on? Like, I would love the idea that the Donner cut is the is the version, and then I can watch them both back to back. And then when I got to that moment, I was like, okay, no, no, <laughs> no this will never be as good as uh, the 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 finished version because it doesn't have that scene, you know. Um, so it's unfortunate, uh, you know, what I mean, but I mean, in, in Donner's insistence that the Donner cut be all Donner, he had to excise some stuff that Richard Lester did. That was very good. And that is, that is really the, you know, the great scene. Uh, and then speaking of other stuff he had to cut, of course, back at the, uh, at the end, after the big battle, when we get back to the fortress, all of the stuff with Superman and the cellophane and Superman splitting into different beings, all that's removed. Uh, right. It basically just jumps right to the molecule chamber, which unfortunately, you know, I think the film needs a little bit more, another little bit of action at the end. It feels a little undercooked that they just go back to the fortress and Superman pulls the trick and then that's kind of it. You're like, really? That's it? So, uh, yeah, this, this this second half, I'd say all the improvements uh, and from the Donner Cut are in the first half of the movie or the first like two thirds and then the bottom third, it really doesn't quite hold up. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think part of that is you know I kind of wonder when they filmed two they were filming the scenes for two yeah they knew they were filming both scenes uh, both movies at once but as they went along I wondered if they thought okay we'll 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 shoot this for two but we might come back and reshoot it for two because we know we're kind of rushing and we got to get the the first movie done and as as the as the production went on did they did they, you know, film less of two and put less, <laughs> less time and thought into it versus a scene they might be doing for one. You know what I mean? Like we can, we can finish it up and, 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 and shoot additional shots when we come back to, to finish two, you know, and, yeah. and uh, it kind of makes me wonder. And I mean, a lot of this, I mean, Hackman's in almost every scene. So there's very little, there's very little Lester at all in the, uh, uh, in, in the, in the fortress scenes at the end, of course, the previous scene of the fight, 
that was still almost all Lester. I mean, we got some, we may have got some stuff that was Donner, but they did cut all the gags out at least. Yep, I, mean, yep, they, yep. I mean, the the battle seems more uh, real. You know, uh, it seems less, uh, you know, just a goof, and it doesn't. It's not a, the the cool factor of the battle is not undermined by all that, all those silly gags, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we do kind of miss the additional action when you get when you get here, and and I I do I did want to bring up one thing. I'm backtracking a little bit. I'm trying. I know we need to we get through this, but I did one thing. I definitely think they should have left in because you know again the, they keep talking about killing Lex at one point in the Daily Planet, then back at the fortress. But Ursa's line at the Daily Planet after Superman's fled, and you know Lex is you know he's arguing with him again. You know he gave him Superman, and she's like, "Let me kill him." I thought, oh, they should have left that line mm-hmm. in. That was she in the, in the Lester cut. She's like, kill him. But it's like the way she looks. Sarah Douglas gets a lot of great additional lines in this version. But the the way she says, let me kill him. She <laughs> wants to kill him. That's I just love that. That's great. Yeah. And speaking of deliveries being different, Superman's uh, too late. Luther is is delivered with a laugh, not the not the uh you know he's not yelling at luther yeah, like he did yeah. yeah i thought that was kind of different yeah but i think i actually think the other way worked better but but you know the the way they filmed the uh, the the trans the, the 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 molecule chamber working um when when superman lost his powers it looked a little painful but you didn't have his you know the deconstruction bo- of his body and stuff yeah right it didn't look as painful so when they did it he reversed it it actually made more sense yes. that it didn't do all this to them that it did the the first go around, but yeah, you lose that. You do lose that cool effect of of all the the stripping away of his muscles and everything. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a little bit of give and take. Yeah, there is one. So, little, there is one little addition though that I love uh, in the Donner cut that I have to mention is right after Zod gets his hand crushed uh, and he flips him up. There's a there's a single of Luthor looking at Nan with this kind of look of like, oh yeah, you're screwed. And which, yeah. which is not in the finished film, which is, oh, man, I wish they had left it in because it just goes by in a second. But he just looks at Nan of like, yeah, well, OK, I guess the jig's up. <laughs> I love I love that the idea that Nan is even smart enough to understand that. But I love that that Luthor is just kind of almost like, eh, yeah, well, all right. <laughs> I think that's right, great. right. And speaking of Nan and Luthor, now we we do see in this one why why Nan is pointing at Luthor, because. Yes. Zod orders them to kill him, and he's like, he thought they talked about Superman. Now they're talking about Lex, yep. and and Nod's pointing at Lex. So that explained a few episodes ago. We were like, why is he pointing at him? Now we know because yeah, we haven't we watched it. We yep. haven't watched this in a while, so now we. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So there's all that, and then there's the scene of them outside the uh, fortress uh, is uh, ex- with Luthor is much extended, and then of course there's a whole other scene. That is not in the final cut where Superman destroys the fortress. He straight up right. destroys it, which is kind of amazing, really. I don't really know why he does that. I mean, why, why destroy it? I mean, I, I mean, I understand that it kind of doesn't work anymore and that Jarrell is gone, but I don't, I don't understand why he needs to just, just blow the whole place up. Well, and the funny thing is, 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 uh, I'm, you know, we don't see again. We don't see Lex and the Zoners taken away. No. So it looks like Superman literally just killed Lex and the Phantom Zone villains. <laughs> Again, uh, and like I said, this part of this was actually shown in the uh, um, the uh, international cut or the AB. I think the ABC cut uh, of the film uh, when they first put it on TV. And, and if I remember right, 
they didn't add the heat vision blast from his eyes. They, that's something that was done for this Donner cut. If I remember right now, if I'm wrong, listeners tell tell me because I have not seen that. I think I have. If I remember right, I think I have a bootleg DVD of that. I need to <laughs> dig that thing out. But it was just Christopher Reeve opening his eyes like super wide and it's the sound effect. And then it, it just like blowing up and then disintegrating, uh, which was really weird. It was almost like, you know, an early presage, the reverse of great uh, wall of China, uh, oh, God. rebuilding vision uh, <laughs> in some ways. So, but I do like the little talk that Superman and Lois have outside of the, out when they're standing there, you know, you know, when she tells him, you know, your secret's safe with me and all where that, that's it. Whatever. She didn't tell him that then, but when she has a little, the little talk and they kiss and, and, uh, you know, it just, they, that's one of those shots where Jeffrey Unsworth is, it's a close up of Reeve and Kidder and they both look great in that shot. And, uh, it, it's, it's a nice little moment between, uh, Reeve and Kidder now, especially since, you know, Margo's gone as well. It's, it's, it's you know it 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 makes you it, you're glad to see it but it also makes you sad you know so it's uh yeah, it's it's kind of nice. it is strange though that he destroys the fortress yeah <laughs> uh, and now this does lead into something I talked about I think in just the very or just our the last episode we did where um where Superman and Lois talk on her penthouse on the roof of her penthouse and mm-hmm. I always said that scene seems like there's dialogue missing because they just it just doesn't look. It looks like they just finished talking about something, and it, it, in the in the final film, it looks like there's just something missing that we weren't seeing. But of course, in this Donner cut, they have a much longer conversation right then and there. And in in the final in the final film, a lot of it's done again on with ADR. Uh, yeah. But here, they have the talk on Lois's roof, and she's crying, mm-hmm. almost uncontrollably crying. And that leads to the scene where she turns her back on him and he flies off and he looks kind of sad. So the, the, the context of the scene makes more sense when you see these scenes. Yeah, it definitely does. And it also, it, I mean, because of the, the way that the whole Jor-El, you know, sacrificed him thing, his, his, himself to correct their, their mistake, it, it does put more of a sting on their relationship. You can yep. kind of understand why they wouldn't, wouldn't try to move forward because wow, this thing really blew up in our faces big time, you yeah. know, yeah. in more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course we get back to the, the daily plant the next day. There is no super kiss. Obviously all that is removed. Uh, Lois is, everything's kind of more bright and cheery. And then Superman does the whole bit back at the, at the diner with now set in Alaska down back at the diner with, uh, with Rocky and then the big other excises, he doesn't visit the White House. Uh, he doesn't the, – the, the, final, the final scene of the movie is him with Rocky getting his revenge, which I don't think really works. I, I think you need to have that scene at the White House with the flag. It, it, looks, it looks a little petty that the end of this movie is Superman getting some kind of cheap jack revenge on a truck driver. Well, it doesn't work even. It works even less when you consider that Superman reversed time because they used the original ending – the, the ending of Superman 1, of course, was intended for Superman 2. Right. And for whatever reason, and because I guess they decided, hey, this is the Donner cut, they decided to ignore the fact that they already used that in the first movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and some, at the, the, the last minute, they decided to act like Superman 1 ended the way they originally intended it to end. But I'm sorry, it didn't. It didn't end that way. It didn't right. end, you know, with the Phantom Zone villains going, you know, getting freed. Yep. Uh, so he reverses time. Everybody forgets everything that happened. The Phantom Zone villains never escaped. They're back in the Phantom Zone. So Rocky never beat up Clark Kent. <laughs> Although Ron says, I just had this place fixed up. It cost me a fortune. From what? 
and, and this is what our pal David A. Scudieres mentioned when we when we you you know you you said you know we we recorded that episode uh, uh, with Mike Gillis, and and uh, he's like, oh, is that the scene where Clark goes and beats some guy up that he never met or whatever? However, David put it, and it's like. No, he had, or he had it coming, and then it, I said, "Well, he kind of had it coming." And he's like, "Yeah, but in the Donner cut, he didn't even, you know, this never happened." And right. He still goes and beats him up, and he's right. I mean, this makes absolutely no sense because none of these people should remember this guy. The fight never happened. Clark just walks into a bar, I mean, a diner, beats the crap out of a guy, and leaves him there. I mean, and then pays for. Damn, nobody, nobody. This he would have immediately been arrested. I yeah. mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just. And Rocky is sure is a jerk. He's probably done that to other people, but yeah, it doesn't work on multiple levels. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's uh, that's the end of our the end of our film. And you know, look, I overall, I am glad that this movie exists. I am glad that um, Richard Donner, the love that people had for Richard Donner and his vision of Superman was so powerful even 30 years later that there was enough to to come back and revisit this. Even if I think that the final version really isn't all that great, I still think it's worth it. I kind of compare it to, um, in a weird way, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That is not a good movie. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I am glad it exists simply because it gave Karen Allen like another bite at the apple. You know, people right. were people, it, it was a, it was a nice thing to be able to go back to her and say, you know what? You were clearly the best of the Indiana Jones girls. And this is going to be kind of like a big tribute to you that we're bringing you back into the franchise. And so for that reason, I'm glad the movie exists, even if the movie is not very good. So I don't think the Superman to Donner cut really is a full movie. It's again. I think it's a nice DVD extra. It's a little grander than than what you would typically think of a DVD extra, but it really is not a finished film. And no one, no one uh, can loves Dick Donner more than us. Uh, right. But but I also think we can be honest and say, yeah, this is this is for what was available. This is a nice curio, but it is not a finished film. While Superman Two, with all its flaws, is a finished film. Right, and I and I I feel the exact same way. I I don't really have much more to add other than, and I know this might be a little contentious because you know you've got, you know maybe Donner doesn't want him to do something like this, but an ultimate cut. Of, there's all these different cuts of Blade Runner and different and other films. It's like an ultimate cut of Superman two that combined yes. the best elements of both would be really fantastic. Yes. And I'm sure there's probably a fan edit already out there of, <laughs> of this, honestly. There probably is. And, and and if you guys know of one, you can you can point it out to us. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, an official ultimate cut of Superman 2 that, uh, you know, that, that kind of like the, uh, not not like the Highlander 2, because that movie, even the ultimate or whatever, the, <laughs> the, the, the what, what's, that, what's that version called? Uh, uh, it's, I, no, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the Renegade cut. That's oh. it. it's like the Renegade Highlander cut of, two. Why are we bothering? Cut. Yeah, Highlander two, the Renegade cut that like does that, that, that you know gets rid of the oh they're all aliens from this other planet <laughs> and all that junk, which is just horrible. I mean that movie's just oh uh, they fi- <laughs> they fix it as best they can, but it's still it's still pretty. And David A. Scuderius is screaming right now, but well, uh, he always is. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's it, so I mean if they could do like an ultimate cut that, that you know that had all the Jor El scenes, but kept the. Kept the you know Clark you know reveals himself by somewhat by accident by falling into the fire yeah, and Lois yeah. doesn't look like such a a shrew and I mean you know different things like that I mean it, it just you know it 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 would be very welcome it would be you know to to say you know kind of 
say, you know, between the two versions of this movie, somewhere there's a really even better version of Superman too. Yep. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that the, maybe Topher Grace, who spent all his time doing uh, the edits of the Star Wars prequels, maybe he can do this or something. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 nice that it exists, and it was fun to be able to kind of cover it. I mean, we always planned on it. We always, from the very beginning, Chris and I said at the outset that we were going to cover this because you can't talk about Superman two without talking about the Donner cut. It just doesn't, right. you know, it's not a complete complete thought until you until you discuss it. So and again, the Donner cuts out there. Uh, I own, you know, it's 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 fun to watch as a you know bizarro Earth two version of a movie that you're so familiar with. So, uh, so that is going to do it for Superman two. Chris, we're done. We 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 wrapped up the movie. Oh, I can't believe it. I, I never <laughs> thought this thing would go the distance. <laughs> So, uh, so everybody, in case you're wondering about the show, uh, we're not quite done yet. We have one more episode. We are going to cover listener feedback for the entire season of Superman 2 Movie Minute. So the show is going to be back in two weeks. Uh, and we are going to discuss in two weeks, and that's when we are going to discuss the listener feedback. So if you want to leave a comment, uh, please do go over our website, Water Podcast. Dot com. I think we're probably even going to cover some iTunes reviews. Hopefully we have some iTunes. We haven't checked iTunes reviews in a long time for the show. Uh, so maybe we have some over there. If you haven't left, left one for us, that would be great because obviously the show is going to continue um, with Superman 3 at some point in 2020, I'm guessing. Uh, so, um, <laughs> of course, if you were always talking uh, the Superman movies over on Twitter, which is at Superman Move Men. And if you want to support the network, you can go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast and you can unlock various rewards for pledges of different levels. And one of the rewards you can get is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So we have to thank David Gallagher and Henry Bernstein for their support of Superman Movie Minute. It is very much appreciated. So, Chris, that is going to do it for Superman 2. We're going to be, as I said, we're going to be back in two weeks. So everybody, come back in two weeks as the adventure continues almost with Superman 2 Movie Minute. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again.